0: conductive wire, and you were so electric, I had no say when you came so near, and just passed right through me. Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is back. As is Mirjani Rawls. Today, we are going to be discussing Man of Steel, which is one of Mirjani's favorite movies. But before we dive into that, I quickly want to let you know about a new podcast I'm working on. It's called The Punk Rock MBA, hosted by Finn McKenty. He is tackling the business side of working in a creative job, whether that's music, YouTube. Podcasts, whatever it may be that you want to make a living out of, as far as creative endeavors go, definitely listen to that. But now back to Man of Steel, Marjani. How are you doing today?
1: I'm pretty good. Uh, just a disclaimer, everybody. I did wash my hands before we we're recording this podcast, and I'm telling everybody to wash their hands if you don't know that already. Like, please do it. I'm alarmed at <laughs> the amount of people that I found out who. We don't do it at all, but um, (laughs) yes, uh, as you mentioned, I love this movie. When I first saw it, I liked it. When I saw it again, I loved it. I know that it's a point of contention with a lot of DC fans and a lot of comic book movie fans, but I feel that a lot of people have come around to it since it released in 2013. But I've talked to many people about this movie And I get why people don't like it, but I also kind of get why people do love it. So I'm glad that you invited me on to talk about this movie.
0: It's one you and I have gone back and forth about a number of times. And I was kind of reluctant to rewatch it because I remember not liking it a whole lot. But after finally rewatching it, I am pretty sure this is only the second time I've seen it. So I felt a little bit better about it this time around. And for me, it's a perfectly fine movie. I think the first half drags a little bit. So story-wise, you know, it starts off and they're spending a lot of time on Krypton. I think the first 20 minutes of the movie is just straight up, no Superman, here's what's going on on Krypton, and we're going to give you the origin story all over again and introduce you to Zod before we introduce you to Superman. And then, so you get to know the villain before the hero. And it's kind of like, that's an interesting approach. I don't think it totally worked for me because it felt like we were waiting quite a while for them to kind of get to the point. Okay. You know, send Superman to earth.
1: (laughs) Well, I just want to say that, like, I think Michael Shannon is odd. He did a phenomenal job. Yes. That role. I thought about this in this kind of like the Killmonger kind of thing, uh, where Zod is just trying to, I'm not not co-signing this at all, but like, where Zod is trying to protect Krypton, like where he's trying to protect, you know, like save his people because Krypton is dying. As you know, like you said in like the first 20 minutes of the movie, they really kind of go through the whole thing with Jor-El. And basically how they're fighting over the fate of Krypton and how, you know, Jor-El kind of accepts that, you know, everybody's going to die. And then Kal-El, who's like the first naturally born Krypton child, they send him to Earth Mm -hmm. while, you know, Zod goes to the Phantom Zone, which is kind of like a play on Superman 2 back, in you know, the Richard Donner days. But, I mean, just to kind of go back a little bit, I remember... Seeing The Dark Knight Rises and seeing this teaser trailer for this, one of the big things was Christopher Nolan was a producer on this movie. So, like, if you've seen, I'm pretty sure everybody's seen The Dark Knight Trilogy. It had, It's a darker, it's a realistic feel to it. And then when I saw the teaser for this, I'm like, Clark Kent is, like, uh, being a hitchhiker? Like, what is going on? <laughs> like... What is this? Like, what kind of... And then I saw Zack Snyder's doing it. And of course, I love 300. Sucker punch. You know, (laughs) but, you know, I was interested to see the take. But this really goes into, I mean, you know, Jonathan and Martha Kent a little bit. And cal L kind of being afraid when he's a kid. Like, not really knowing his powers. Like, them going, you know, haywire. And then having that moment with Martha when he's in a closet. She's like, you know, like... You know, the world's too big, mom. She's like, well, make it small. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's. I understand that, like, some people may feel that, like, a lot of the characters in this movie aren't really fleshed out. And one of the criticisms that I've heard about this movie is that Clark Kent and Superman is not valiant or hopeful enough. But I feel like moments like this, and then, like, when Jonathan's talking to young Clark, saying, like, you know, like, you've been here for the hot. You know, you were sent here for a purpose, and you have another father, and it's a coming-of-age story that we haven't seen in Superman. A lot of people re- remember, you know, the Christopher Reeve days. Like, I do. Like, I grew up with that Superman. If everybody can't tell, like, I'm a massive Superman fan. Like, <laughs> Deanna knows that I'm a Superman fan. And yeah. those were a little bit more, you know, like, I'll save them. And, like, he goes into the phone booth and does the twirly thing and then goes and saves them. And then, you know, the Brandon Roof days with Superman Returns, which I feel like is more of an homage back to the Christopher Reeves day. This is entirely different.
0: Yeah, it really is. And it's funny because the first time that we see Clark, he's very like bearded, living this rough life, and he's out on a ship and, you know, this... Kind of oil rig, I think it is, or whatever it is, is getting ready to just completely collapse. And that's when his powers are revealed to the audience for the first time. And it kind of makes you take a step back because you're like, wait, he's not in Smallville? <laughs> you know, he, they take him out of his element and kind of just toss him quite literally in the middle of the ocean. But I noticed that Supergirl the CW TV show started in a very similar way. Kara was just out doing her own thing, living a normal life or trying to figure out what a normal life was going to be for her. And then when her adopted sister is in trouble and her plane's about to crash, that's when she reveals her powers. So Clark isn't going to let people get hurt. And then after that scene, that's when we start getting these glimpses of all of the people he's helped, especially when he was a kid and kind of still got in trouble for using his powers. Because you have that moment with him and Jonathan where Clark's kind of like, what should I have let them die? And, you know, Jonathan's response is kind of like, well, you know, things like this happen, essentially. And you're kind of surprised by that, too. So I think they did a lot of surprising things that maybe did or didn't work for people?
1: Yeah, I I mean, there's this whole conundrum that goes throughout the movie and especially through young Clark, uh, especially with the bus scene where he kind of like, his classmates are about to drown and he uses his powers to kind of lift the bus out of the, out of the lake. And then like when Jonathan has that talk with him saying like, you know, like the world might not be ready for you. You know what I mean? Like the world, and it kind of goes through this whole through line when he gets older and kind of accepts the mantle when he talks to K- jor or the computer rendering of him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you have to kind of be who you are. And yeah, I mean, I, I get why that is jarring, but it, it's also the thing where, where his inaction kind of cost his dad's life with the tornado too uh it's a story beat that comes back at the end of the movie which i'm sure we'll talk about and a lot of people that i talked to about it were really upset about Mm -hmm. and i get i get it but like everything this whole movie is based about choices Um, when jonathan talks to clark when he I think with the bullies, and he's like, I just wanted to beat them up. And he's like, You know what I mean? Like, when you got to decide who you want to be, like, and whoever you decide that is, is going to change the world. Mm-hmm. You know, Clark has a choice to either be like a beacon for good or he could use his powers in a bad way. Uh, it's the same thing with, you know, when uh, Zod comes back to Earth. Clark has to make another choice again. He has to choose, you know, Earth, this home that he's known since he was a kid, the only one he's known, or Krypton, and starting that over again, you know, a lineage that he just found out about. He's like, oh, I'm not from here. I'm an alien. So, like, every... I I like that Zack Snyder made it where Clark had to choose something. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. You mentioned earlier that some people weren't particularly fond of some of the character development in this. And I think my biggest gripe comes with Lois Lane as a character and how she's portrayed and treated in this. Because you have this first time where she's meeting Clark and he's not going by Clark, he's going by Joe or something. And he literally just helps her out of a helicopter. And it's so not even a big deal at all. And I feel like the first time those two were together on screen, should have had more of an impact instead of just sort of this hand-wavy thing so that you could get to this bigger moment five, ten minutes later.
1: Yeah, she's a lot more fleshed out in Batman versus Superman, I felt.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: Especially Clark and Lois's arc is a lot more developed in that movie. There are seeds in here, and I felt like Zack Snyder wanted to kind of lean into the whole 80s aura of Superman with Lois and Clark, but he had to make it like, you know, like Clark is at a bar and <laughs> like he gets beer thrown in his face. You know what I mean? Like you're not really used to seeing Superman or Clark like kind of like walked over, but he's still kind of dealing with the whole like, oh, should I show the world who I am? Like, what you know, what do I do? It basically has like Lois basically finding who Clark is as a MacGuffin. Almost like it's like she tracks down Clark in Smallville and then she tries to kind of like get him to like reveal the story of him being Superman because she is in the spaceship and he like heals her from dying. I I get it. Like it's a weird mix. Like you feel like kind of Lois is like you get that she's like this star reporter with Perry White. But like she and then they like are all of a sudden like a love interest.
0: But I guess like when you get abducted by aliens. And there was this moment where Clark was at the Kent household as Superman. He was in a suit and everything when the fight started to go down in Smallville. And she gets out of a cop car and starts running towards him and just yells, Clark. So it's like, okay, well, now whoever was in that cop car with her (laughs) nose, you know. She just called him by his first name while he was dressed as Superman. And I was like, You know, I never caught on to that the first time, but you know, maybe she was far enough away from the police cruiser by then that the cop didn't notice. But I was like, you might want to be a little more careful with that information, Lois.
1: Yeah, you got to be a little bit more discreet. You know what I mean? Like it's, (laughs) Uh, as you see, like the military like sees Superman, and they're like, "Are you here to attack us? Like, are you here to like help us?" That storyline also. Helps out Batman and Superman for me as well because, like, it goes into like, you know, Man of Steel is very much all right. We have obviously Zod and his, you know, people come and they try to basically terraform Earth into another Krypton, but you have Superman who tries to save everybody. Uh, But there's a lot of destruction that happens. Like, uh, if you look at the third act of the movie, basically, all of. All of that city is destroyed. Yeah. Like, it's basically all of it is rubble. Like, I'm wondering, like, how many casualties happened (laughs) during that whole, you know, Zod and Superman fight, you know? Like, it's a lot to contend with. But I've also heard, like, and I've also read some stuff where a lot of people felt like this is an immigrant story, too. Like, it resonates them during the times because Clark... You know, like, he's this beacon for good, but, like, a lot of people don't really know because he's not – he's like, dude, I've been – I think at the end, like, when he's talking to who is presumably a uh, Martian Manhunter, uh, he's like, I've lived in Kansas all my life. Like, I'm a Amer- – you know, I'm from Earth. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mean you any harm. So, yeah, I – I've really loved that the movie kind of leaned into that. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want... I've already... Like I said, I've already seen, like, the Christopher Reeves thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, the Marlon Brando, Margot Kidder stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I pr- appreciated that, like, Clark had to kind of find his way as Superman. Like, even with the fights, like, he's getting beat up a lot. Until he kind of, like figures out how to fight back in, in a regular way, even with like the first flight scene with the voiceover for Jor-El, like I've said this to people. Uh, that's one of the, I think that's one of the greatest scenes in comic book movie history. Like him trying to like figure out how to fly and, you know, like the whole, like him struggling and then him figuring it out and then him cracking a smile. I'm like, okay, that's Superman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people saying like, well this isn't really hopeful. I'm like, that's that's hope right there. Like Zack Snyder really nailed that scene.
0: A lot of this movie really felt like not only an origin story, but like you said, Clark figuring out who he is. And he hasn't gone out into the world before this as Superman. So it's a learning process, and I feel like sometimes the comics make it out to be that it's all easy for him. So I like it when, you know, certain runs of Superman show you sort of this struggle with Clark and his identity. And that does shine through in this movie. But I think because of how slow the first half was for me, it kind of took me out of the fact that it was a Superman movie since it does take so long for him to actually put the suit on and get there. And I understand that when you're kind of rebooting these characters. You have to go through the origin story all over again. And you know I'll be curious to see if that's something that happens with Matt Reeves, the Batman, if we're going to go through that whole thing again, (laughs) because we've been through it so many times. And obviously, we've had different iterations of Superman. But I think the second half was where this really started to catch my attention and had a better build up for me.
1: Yeah, I think... Like, the cinematography of this movie is just amazing. Like, when he's destroying the world engine, like, there's so many screenshots of, like, moments Mm -hmm. in this movie where, like, you just be like, all right, that's Superman being Superman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that is, uh, like, when he walks in at the end of the movie, when he walks in the Daily Planet for the first time. Like, you just see the glimpse of the glasses. You see the glimpse of the globe with the Daily Planet. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, it's just... If you wanted to nail, like, a modern Superman, this is the way to do it. And, like, I know that, like, a lot of people, especially going to Batman and Superman, like, they found that was too grim. And, and you know, what? I level with that. Like, when I first saw that movie, I was like, whoa, like, this is dark. This is more of a Batman movie. <laughs> but Man is Steel, like, it just makes you feel hopeful. It makes you feel, like with how clark and his progression and it makes you feel like you can aspire to be whatever you want to be you know what i mean like a kansas kid who happens to have powers like he could grow up to decide to save the world yeah. like it's you know what i mean it is like superman like it may be darker it may be like tones but like i think they nailed it especially with how they use the sun some of these parts of the movie, parts of the movie are darker. Like you know when he's talking to Zod, and he kind of like disappears into all the skulls. Like that's that's a little darker imagery. But like how they show him bask in the sun, and just those little things, and the attention to detail in, in the cinematography and in those shots. That's I'm like okay, if I'm looking at a comic now and. How many like iterations of Superman, like Superman year one, and like you know, all star Superman? That's what I would see.
0: Yeah, I also like Henry Cavill as Superman, too. That was a good choice because he definitely has the right build for the part. First of all, it's definitely not like they're gonna CGI muscles onto him or anything like that. And even though he doesn't have like that classic little curl in his hair. I think they definitely modernized the character, and the suit was pretty cool to see for, you know, the first time again during the movie when you have that reveal. And you brought up cinematography. I think the way they framed a lot of the fights, too, worked really well. And even though you can tell when certain things are CGI, because you have so much chaos going on, not everything is going to look totally seamless. Like, you know, Henry Cavill really isn't flying around in the air fighting Michael Shannon as General Zod. So you do have some of those moments where you're like, okay, you know, you can tell where maybe they didn't spend quite as much time on one scene. But overall, I thought the fights moved really fast, as they should, because Superman can move really fast. And it just felt like he wanted to not have a ton of destruction happen. But because of the nature of who he was fighting and who he is, you still see all of this destruction. So I think that's maybe part of the reason why some people felt this movie wasn't as hopeful, because like you said, they destroy everything everything pretty much in it. So you have this dilemma for Cal because he has to decide whether or not to rebuild Krypton. He is the one person who can truly make that happen. And he has to decide to make the sacrifice not to do that because he knows he'd be sacrificing so many other people. And even though I'm sure people do did die in this, you know, we don't really see a ton of it happen, but, you know, some of the military people died, you know, some civilians died, because there's no way everyone would have made it out of this movie alive.
1: You see it in the aftermath of of just, like, Batman versus Superman. Like, that's why Bruce initially starts to hate him. Uh huh. But, yeah, like, he has to make... I, I read that... <laughs> Christopher Nolan like was totally against the ending. Like he was like, no, 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 no. But Zack Snyder really pushed for it because, like you said, Cal has to make a choice mm-hmm. uh, when he's in that train station. It's either you know he has to let Zod kill that family with the with the laser beams, or he has to kill Zod. And there's a dilemma because the overall consensus in Superman is that he doesn't kill anybody. Like, he doesn't really choose to kill anybody. And you know what? He did. He, He snapped Zod's neck. So that's, yeah, that's him making the ultimate choice that Earth is his home. He killed, you know, the semblance of whatever his original home was in Krypton. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's any other, you know, Kryptonians out there. Well, I mean, you'll find out, like, I guess when, you know, they terraform Doomsday and I guess Batman versus Superman, if that counts. But, like, a real human Krypton, like, he kills. Like, so he, he chooses Earth. Yeah. And, like, it's interesting with that arc because in that choice, you have to come with ramifications for that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Kryptonians will probably be accepting him because they know about who he is. But he, you have to deal with the choice that... Kryptonians and earthlings can't coexist like he's, they're trying to kill them. But now you're taking a chance. You choose earth, but you know as you know through any sci-fi movie like people from earth or humans aren't really accepting of people with special abilities. Like look at X-Men. You know what I mean? Like look at stories like that. They aren't yeah. you know they they may love you at some point, but they'll grow to hate you. So, like, I I like that it ended on that note where, I mean, it's a tough choice to make Clark do that. It's jarring because you're you're not used to, like, you're like Superman killing somebody. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, it's even like Batman's code. At least
0: they didn't cut it right there and just leave you with that final moment. Instead, they kind of try to make these people, especially everyone in the military trust him. You know, if it were the military, they would have killed Zod no question if they knew how.
1: Oh yeah. Uh they they definitely would have, but like Zod has the same abilities as, you know, as Clark. Even though like uh they showed at one point of the fight he wasn't used to them like the, you know, the sounds and the noises kind of mm-hmm. got to him. So like Clark had an advantage because he like I don't know how many days. Yeah, like I don't know how many days, like he, he like really like flew around with the suit. But like, I, it goes back to that point where like Martha's telling him like make the world small, so like he could kind of hone in on what he needs to do and, and like hone in and harness his powers that way. You know, like I like there that there are a lot of threads and a lot of callbacks to moments in this movie, like. Usually, like, in action movies, they're not really made neat like that. But, like, there were a lot of tie-ins that Snyder and David Goyer kind of, like, would make in the story. They made it work.
0: A lot of it came full circle for Clark by the end of this, and you kind of get to end it on a slightly funnier moment where he has the satellite come crashing to the ground in front of one of the military guys, and he's just like, no, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, he tells them, he's like, uh, I know you're trying to uh, find where I hang my cape. You won't. And uh, I would like, <laughs> of course, with the soldier, you know, uh, saying like, uh I just think he's kind of hot. Like I think I I think it was yeah. I thought that was funny. You know what I mean? Like to break like the icebreak of like all the seriousness that happened afterward. It, it was cool.
0: Lois also breaks some of that tension up a little too just with her personality and how she handles stressful situations, but I would have loved to see More of her developed as a character. And maybe, you know, you do five or 10 minutes less on Krypton in the beginning. Because there were a lot of things, I think, in the beginning that you could have cut out or at least shortened so that you would have time to see Clark with his parents a little more before we see what happens to Jonathan Kent and see more of him and Lois. Maybe they have, you know, this secret meeting that no one knows about. And that's where these feelings sort of start to foster because everything did happen very quickly with the two of them. And you're like, oh, okay. I mean, we knew this was going to happen, but you got there a little fast.
1: Well, they had that moment in the interrogation room where like, you know, he's like, uh, where they're talking about the S. Like, he's like, on my planet, this means hope. And she's like, well, it's here. Yeah. It's just an S. And then she's like, how about, and, and then she almost says Superman and then she gets cuts off. I thought that was pretty cool for what they gave her. I thought Amy Adams did a pretty good job. Yeah. Like I said, like I think she she gets more character development and more to do in Batman vs Superman.
0: I'm going to have to rewatch that one soon just because the details are quite fuzzy. I think I'm going to watch the extended cut.
1: I might have to come back for that one, yeah. Like you said like the fir- okay, so the first act of the movie is a sci-fi movie. <laughs> like it, it it's a straight up sci-fi movie. Yeah. <laughs> like Krypton's got ships. And there's uh, ship battles and, like, explosions and stuff like that. I understand, like, I had less problem with it. But I understand a person, like, not necessarily, like, f- it feeling jarring for them. Because it really does feel like a separate movie. Like, it, it feels like you have a, a prequel as it will. Because you have Jor-El's story as they send Kal-El uh, off to Earth. Like, it feels, like you know what I mean, like... It feels different, and then when you get to yeah. the second and third acts, like it's okay. It's we're getting into Callel's story, and then everybody that he affects.
0: Yeah, it's a good story. By the end of it, once you get to piece it all together, and you know, I was texting you while I was rewatching it, and I was like, "Wow, there's so much Russell Crowe in this that I totally forgot about." Because it's like for me. I remembered a lot of what happened in the second half of the movie. And it's like I was totally blacked out for the first half or something because I didn't remember so much of that with, you know, Krypton, Clark working on a ship and then working in a bar. I had no recollection of any of that. So I think it takes a while to get its momentum and to get its footing before you really get to dive into the Superman part of the story. So I see why that would be something that a lot of people don't enjoy. But I think it picked up the pace enough for me to where I was like, okay, you know, yes, I spent almost two and a half hours watching this, but it pretty much paid off in the end. And I know because you like Superman so much, you've probably seen all of the other movies. Whereas I've only seen, I think, other than this and Batman versus Superman, I've only seen Superman Returns. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I know I haven't watched like most of the older ones.
1: Yeah, I've seen all of them. All of them <laughs> doesn't surprise me. I have you. the the box sets. Yes, I am a I am a geek. Uh, I am a proud geek, a comic book geek, but also like Superman and like I love that character.
0: So for you, where does this one lie? Is Henry Cavill one of your favorites as Superman or do you have other actors you prefer in the role? Other stories from other movies that you enjoy more than this one or is this the Superman movie that you really love?
1: See, I I try to like look at it in perspective because A lot of people have said this about Batman. Like a lot of people have said to them that Ben Affleck is the best Batman. And I think I can't negate Michael Keaton. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I love, I love that original movie. You know, like I can't negate Christian Bale. Like I thought, you know, even though like, I felt like.
0: We can maybe negate George Clooney and Val Kilmer
1: though. (laughs) Oh yeah, I, I don't even acknowledge. I'm sorry, uh, George Clooney, but I don't even acknowledge that man. George
0: who? Clooney.
1: You know, um, like Christian Bale. Even though I thought that like, uh, Christopher Nolan really hated him, so he brought him like through, through the fire. But I, Christian Bale did a hell of a job. Henry Cavill's definitely one of my favorites, and I'm very adamant of him coming back to play the role for years to come. My favorite. Listen, man, like, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. But I love the original Superman. Like, you know what I mean? Christopher Reeve, he's just... Like, when you look at him and how he kind of acts all... Like, he nails the curl. He nails the role. And then, like, him being Clark Kent, like, the nerdy, like, awkward Clark Kent. Like, freshly squeezed Lois. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like, he... He is, like, that was Superman, even though, like...
0: He's the embodiment of the comic book version, the classic comic book version of Superman, whereas Henry Cavill feels a little more modernized, and his suit is obviously more high-tech, and he doesn't have the curl, so he doesn't quite look the part like you would expect for something coming straight from the comics.
1: Yeah, I think that, like, if you're looking at George Reeves' Superman, like... Christopher Reeve is definitely comic book Superman, but I think what I'm looking for in a modern tale of Superman, Henry Cavill is it. Yeah. Brandon Ruth is also, I think, underrated as Superman. And if you saw that in the the Crisis event.
0: Yeah, the Crisis crossover. That was so fun.
1: <laughs> he's really underrated. It's just that he his the story and the script really handicapped him. I would have thought that like I would really like to see Brandon Ruth play that role again basically with a better story like it was basically that movie was basically him fighting a occasionally robbers and fighting a krypton made planet and then having a child that was his i guess and then like maybe they them saying like is this his child is this not like that's not the story i kind of want to see with superman so like but i would say man of steel would be too Or 1B and then like (laughs) Superman is like 1A. Like I love – there's nothing – that prelude title with John Williams' score is just classic. But Hans Zimmer, like I'm so glad they did not recycle the score for this movie. He does a hell of a job for Man of Steel. Like I love the what are you going to do when you're not saving the world score. Like that is perfect modern take. And like how he kind of makes, you know, takes little parts of it and plays through it throughout the movie.
0: Yeah. And speaking of what Clark is going to do when he's not saving the world, what did you think of how little we actually got to see him at the Daily Planet? Because that is something that happens more towards the end after a bunch of stuff has gone down and they've clearly repaired a lot of the city, which I'm sure he probably could quickly help with. But it just, felt like we didn't really get a ton of time with him as who we know him to be in the comics, as Clark anyway. And because then you have Batman versus Superman after this, I feel like they should have put another Superman movie in between those two, just because then it would have allowed us to spend more time with this character as a journalist and how he's sort of doing his double life and making things work with Lois if she really gets to see him in their relationship outside of the costume more. Because when you toss Batman into the mix, you're going to have a whole lot of story that you have to add in, and you have to make those two things work together. And again, it's been quite a while since I've seen Batman versus Superman, but I think I would have liked to have something in between these two things
1: oh that okay that's an interesting take i was okay with it because i knew another movie was coming okay so like this was very much him of an origin story kind of like him growing up and finding out who he is so i was okay with him being clark at the end i'm like oh that's a nice little nod like we're gonna get when i saw the end of the movie i'm like all right we're gonna get man of steel too like here it comes you know what i mean like then he's gonna be the clark Kent that we know daily reporter Batman versus Superman actually goes more into the Lois Lane-Clark yeah. uh, relationship.
0: Okay. I'm clearly blacking out on half of those details as well then.
1: <laughs> okay. So, like, I have more appreciation for that movie than I did before. Like, okay. when I first saw it, I hated it. Like, I was like, what? Like, But when I saw the extended cut and really sat down and watched Man of Steel again, I'm like, wow, this really is, like, the storylines and kind of the layers that they had here, it really works. Like, I had a real appreciation for it. They show him being Clark Kent more, more to a detriment, because the reporter, him, kind of wants to go after Batman, because Batman is, like, this reckless vigilante at this point. And, like, Perry White is telling him to drop it. Like, dude, like... You know I mean like we're not chasing this damn story but like he the reporter in him is like ah, well like who's this guy and why is he taking the law into his own hands <laughs> like just like you know what I mean like that it sets up like the conflict that they both have but I agree with you like I know that Zack Snyder had a five-story arc that he was going to go like basically Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman. Uh, Justice League one and two. I forget what the other movie's supposed to be, but there's there's supposed to be another movie in there. Okay. But they pack a lot into Batman vs Superman.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like the extended cut maybe gives a little more of what I was hoping for out of a second Superman standalone movie. And because we don't really get a sequel that's a standalone Superman movie, you have to kind of piece things together between Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, and then between that and Justice League, where you're kind of like, okay, how did Clark get to this point? (laughs) You know, How did he get to be the way he is in Justice League? And I think it would have been nice if we could have seen that five-story arc come to fruition. And I know not everyone is the biggest Zack Snyder fan, but I would definitely give the movies a chance. You know that I will still go see all of the superhero movies that come out, even if I hear that they aren't that great. You know, I've seen all of the recent DC ones in theaters. I've seen definitely all of the Marvel ones in theaters. And, you know, there's some other comic book superhero movies that are coming out like Bloodshot and these other ones that are like video game movies as well, but they're kind of along the lines of superhero movies still. So there's a lot being thrown at us, but I think Superman is one of those characters like Batman where no matter who is working on the movie, people are going to go see it.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, Batman vs. Superman was a rated R movie. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, you're like, Superman in a rated R movie? Like, it
0: was. I don't even remember yeah. that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was definitely rated R. We were like, what the hell? Uh, like, his Man of Steel is PG 13. So, like, you're like, oh, well, like, you're not really used to seeing Superman in a super gritty tone like that. You know what I mean? And even Henry Cavill, I don't think that he was really a fan of how he played, how he Superman was in, in more in Batman. He he wanted to kind of go off of Man of Steel. Like yeah. he wanted to kind of do more so of Man of Steel too. And I don't know where that is right now. Like, I, you know, the DCEU is not so much the DCEU anymore. I, it's a lot of standalone films. Uh if you've seen Birds of Prey, like it it does tie in a lot of Suicide Squad.
0: It ties it in, but it kind of makes fun of it at the same time. And I th- Well, I would
1: I would too. <laughs>
0: and I think with Superman, that's a character that has to be well thought out before you just jump back into making the movies and at least for me, it's not really clear if it's still going to be Henry Cavill. And who knows, maybe he's going to make an appearance in a post credit scene in The Batman or something or have a cameo.
1: There was a huge backlash when that story came out that said that he was not going to be in the role. Like, at, to the point where his publicist and... He had the post stories like, whoa, 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 like... We haven't agreed to anything yet? Like, calm down? Yeah, we <laughs> haven't agreed to anything yet. Like, calm down, everybody. He said stuff in Witcher where, like, he's like, he's just kind of waiting to see what they're going to do. Yeah. The Witcher, like, has basically eaten up a lot of his time. Like, understandably, that shows, like, a hit for Netflix. Uh, I know that they were trying to get him to do the cameo in Shazam, but... Uh, time just didn't work out.
0: Yeah. And DC can't expect him to put his life on hold while they try and figure out what they're going to do with Superman because it does seem like they're going away from the Zack Snyder moods that these movies brought with them.
1: Okay, so with DC, like as much as I love Superman and he's like the number one DC character is for me, that's not true for DC. It's Batman. Yeah. Batman is the guy. You know what I mean? Like, Right now, and justifiably so, Wonder Woman, that's their big movie, understandably. And next year, with the Batman and Matt Reeves, that's the bread and butter. And I understand that because look at, you know, Christopher Nolan's trilogy with the Batman. It's the, one of the best, highest grossing uh, franchises ever. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, Dark Knight is actually regarded in some circles as the greatest comic book movie of all time yeah so like understandably that is dc and warner brothers focus you know what i mean i don't know like you got black adam and you got shazam 2 coming so superman is in that universe so maybe you see you know Dwayne johnson and henry cavill eventually like fight each other or you'll see you know, uh, maybe you should see Shazam come yeah. back. And like, oh, Zachary Levi. And there's a lot of possibilities. And of course, you have the Flash. And if they do Flashpoint and screw up everything with the whole timeline. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Like, Who knows? <laughs> the minute I think that DC has like a plan and that's what they're going to do, they go away from it. Yeah. <laughs> so like...
0: Well, to bring it back to Man of Steel here, because clearly you and I both enjoy Henry Cavill's performance as Superman. Are there any final thoughts that you have on his performance? Whether or not, you know, he really got a chance to show everything he could do with the character, or do you want them to really, really still consider having him in the role? Because I don't know much about The Witcher, but I think, you know, that's something that maybe could go on for a few seasons and then end. I know it's a book series. I think it's four books, maybe. So there is sort of this time limit that they could put on The Witcher as far as how many seasons they want to go and how long he'd be unavailable. But we've seen a lot of people have, you know, three, four movies come out in one year. So that means they were probably working almost constantly for a couple of years at least. You know, I think one year Nicole Kidman had like four movies that she was in and she was in Big Little Lies on top of that or something crazy. So it is possible, but I think DC just has to make, has to want to make it happen.
1: Henry Cavill is a total Witcher nerd. Like he read all the books. He loves that franchise From what I understand, and for what I was reading, I don't know if it's true or not, but they Netflix is like in this for the long haul. Like they are like five, six seasons. So you know, I want to see him back. Like I think Mm -hmm. everybody wants to see him back in that role. I think that this, you know, Man of Steel only scratches the surface of what he can do. Uh, if you've seen him in Mission Impossible, if you've seen him in other yeah. movies, like, he's a good actor. And I think seeing him as grown up, I mean, you saw it in Batman versus Superman, but, like, to see him in another just Man of Steel movie uh, with, you know, somebody like Brainiac, somebody like Darkseid that they were trying to get to, I would love to see him kind of flesh out and kind of, like, play this role. I know you're not getting Zack Snyder back, but I'm pretty sure you could find... Another director that you know could do this justice, you know what I mean, like
0: yeah, I think he should get a chance to finish off the role in a way that he's more comfortable with because I don't think Justice League was a good way to end for his character and you know his time as Superman in particular, so to get to see him wrap that up would be a lot nicer than what we currently are sitting with, and I think, you know, they can find someone who will create a good Superman story. You know, you have...
1: J.J. Abrams.
0: (laughs) You have so many options because you've seen what people have done with Star Wars. And even though, you know, (laughs) The Rise of Skywalker is highly debatable amongst a lot of Star Wars fans as to whether or not it's good, it's one of those things where you have so many filmmakers who would probably love to work on a property like Superman, because like Star Wars, it's sort of a once in a lifetime thing. You know, you have people who get picked for certain movies, and it's like, that's their goal. (laughs) It's like, okay, I did a Star Wars movie. I'm good now. I can go do my own things, or I've done a Batman movie, and so on and so forth. But for Henry Cavill, I just think he should get the chance to bring back the character and have a more satisfying ending because I don't know anyone really who likes justice league. (laughs) Like I don't, I honestly just don't remember any of my friends liking it.
1: I saw it in theaters. Unfortunately, it felt like I'm I'm not going to, okay. I'm not going to say it. it is like people expect me to say release the Snyder cut.
0: I don't even care about that at this point. It's just like, just bring him back.
1: <laughs> I, I, I want to see it. Maybe they can put that on HBO Max, but I don't think we, I, I don't think that we're going to see it. Yeah, you get some glimpses of Henry Cavill playing like the, you know, the charismatic Superman in that, but it just seems so thrown together. You know, that it's just like, oh, oh, he's alive. <laughs> oh, they brought him back. Oh, okay, uh, and then you know he. Doesn't recognize anybody, and then they bring they bring back Lois and then, oh, he's Superman. Like he's somehow he's just, you know, he goes back home and then he's the guy. Like there's just no character development to even get you back to that point where he's like the Superman that you know and love. So I think that ignoring Justice Lee, because that's a movie that a lot of people don't talk about. <laughs> but I think that, yes. Henry Cavill should be able to play the alive version of Superman and Clark Kent where he, you know, it's alluded to at the end of Justice League where he walks down, like, a, a street and comes down with a trench coat and then pulls out and reveals the S. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see him play that guy. Yeah. Like, give him that chance, Warner Brothers. I know there was talks of, like, him, like, Superman kind of being in, like, basically the specter of like being, being like partly in all the movies, like the central figure. Yeah. I'd like to see that. But again, that might be Batman. (laughs) Like you never, Robert Pattinson might be that, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman, she certainly earned it. You know what I mean? Like You could do that with a number of characters.
0: Yeah, it will remain to be seen what happens with Superman, because like you said, they haven't really said anything about Superman. It's kind of just like, oh, here's some Wonder Woman, here's some Batman, here's maybe the Flash. We're not really sure just yet, but you know, you'll probably get like Aquaman 2, Shazam 2, and things of that nature. But I do think that if you haven't seen Man of Steel in a while, it is worth going back and watching. And like I said, I'll be doing the same with Batman versus Superman just because I have the extended cut now. So I feel like I should watch that at least once, even though it'll probably take up roughly three hours of my time. But Merjani, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this one. I know you love Superman, so we'll definitely have to chat Batman versus Superman soon.
1: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, i'm the I'm your resident Superman guy. So
0: <laughs> for sure. And quickly, before we go, I want to let you all know about our Patreon. You can support this podcast for a dollar a month. That'll get you a thank you on the show. $2 a month, you'll get to pick a topic and I'll have to find someone to discuss it with, which typically isn't too hard, thanks to all of my lovely guests. And for $5 a month, you can join the Welcome to Geekdom Slack, where you can talk to myself and some of the guests who have been on the show about movies, TV, video games, books, what have you. We're definitely geeking out about a bunch of stuff in there. And You can follow us on social media at GeekdomPod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. There's also a Welcome to Geekdom newsletter, which you can sign up for at the link in the show notes. And as always, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.